Father God, we thank you for the gifts that have been offered to you. We pray your Holy Spirit will multiply them and use them to go forward to magnify your name. In Jesus we pray. Amen. As you are able, please remain standing for the reading of the Gospel. Found on page 1662 in the New Testament. Our reading today is from John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. One simple verse today, but it's a verse that I pray will enlighten our path as we move through the entire Lenten season. It is a verse from which I believe most of the stories that we will experience through this Lenten season will expand upon. And so we use this verse as our stepping off point for the season of Lent. So dear God, we thank you that you are indeed the light of the world. And pray, dear God, that your light illuminates everything that we do and everything that we say, splashes over into our world and into our lives and into our minds. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, meteorologists have now begun their predictions for the upcoming spring season. And uh, depending on who you listen to, we're going to have a near normal or maybe a little bit above normal or maybe a little bit below normal season. Who knows? <laughs> They've been a little bit off for the winter snowfall, haven't they? Uh, but when it comes to cloud cover, it has been a typical overcast Michiana winter, has it not? We've had long stretches with little or no sunlight and those with seasonal affect disorder uh, this has been a pretty difficult season. And when the sun breaks out, we look with wonder up at the sky and say, what's that? Those blue patches of, of sky. And that thing over there, oh, that must be the sun. And so we have that beautiful feeling that we have today. The sun, some 93 million miles from Earth, is 100 times the diameter of the Earth. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that that should be a bigger number. 109 times, but that actually is true, according to uh, what I've read. It generates 70,000 horsepower per square yard per minute. I don't even know how, I can't comprehend how they can even determine that with a temperature at the surface about 10,000 degrees. Without the sun, life as we know it would not exist here on Earth. And I might add, without the Son of God, light of the world, life as we know it would not exist. Imagine if you took away all the influences Jesus had upon our lives and upon this world, how different it would be. Now, I am fully aware 
that some in this world would claim that we would be better off without him. I don't understand that, but I am well aware that there are some who have that feeling. For the name of Jesus, regrettably, has been redirected for selfish use and agendas other than divine purposes. If, however, we imagine a world where we take away all the hospitals and schools and missions that bear Christ's name, take away all the life changes and the transformations and the healings made possible by Christ, take away all the inspiration and the dreams and the hope that Christ creates, what a void, how impoverished we would be. Talk about overcast. Light brings life. Photosynthesis is that process by which plants have their being. The sun provides the source of energy for all plants and for all animals through vitamin D. We all need vitamin D. Take away sunlight and all life on earth would soon perish. As vital as sunlight for physical life, so the light of Jesus is, vi is vital for spiritual life. 1 John 5, verse 12 says, Those who have the Son have life. Those who do not have the Son of God do not have life. The light of Jesus gives direction for right living. And right living not only in relationship within ourselves, but right living in our relationship with God. And right living in relationship to other people, not only through Jesus' teaching, but the power of his spirit and his presence with us even to this day influencing us, challenging us, directing us towards a life in relationship, in healthy relationship with ourselves, with God, and with others. Light brings life. Jesus brings life. Light brings illumination. I know bats have sonar. Creatures at the bottom of the sea have other sensors, and those who have lost their ability to see often compensate with other senses. And, but though there are stories in scripture to, that refer to people who are dazzled by the glory of God, blinded by the light, you might say, light makes it possible for us to see. Even for us to read something off of printed material, it is that paper with the print, with the light shining on it, and the differences and the reflections that, that take place, allowing us even to read. Jesus will often use blindness and darkness as a metaphor. In, in John 12, 35, those who walk in the darkness do not know where they go. And that, so this spiritual blindness relates to lack of understanding or lack of awareness or a distortion of truth. So Jesus brings truth to light. What's that expression? I've seen the light. In other words, we have a, a dawning of a new understanding of things, allowing us to see in a figurative sense with the eyes of our heart or the imagination of our mind. 
A blind man healed by Jesus in, in John 9 illuminated the prejudice and the spiritual blindness of the Pharisees. When Jesus said, I came into this world that those who do not see may see, he referred to one's ability to discern right from wrong, to see God, and to be able to see truth. In another story in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 8, Jesus illuminated the condition once again of the scribes and the Pharisees as, and their hearts as they brought a woman caught in adultery before Jesus and demanded of Jesus an opinion of her punishment in light of Moses' law. Jesus stooped and wrote something in the ground. What he wrote, we really do not know. But words he spoke brought to light the condition of the scribes and the Pharisees' own heart. If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first one to throw a stone at her. And we often forget that Jesus wrote in the ground a second time. Again, what? We don't know exactly what he wrote. But as the woman's accusers depart, Jesus begins to speak truth also to the woman. Neither do I condemn you, condemn you. But then he goes on. Go now and leave your life of sin. So truth is impartial. Truth does not have any favorites. Truth, especially upon the lips of Jesus, is truth. Unlike us, we want to nail someone else before we admit our own faults. It takes a great deal of humility to stand before the light of Christ. Light removes stains and purifies. Remember when it was common for people to hang their laundry out in the sun in the backyard? Maybe some people still do. Some neighborhoods, you can't even do it anymore. It's not even allowed. What a shame. When a garment or anything else with spots is cleansed by the purifying effects of the sun, we, we sometimes refer to that as being sun bleached. Jesus removes the spiritual stain of sin. It says in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Or 1 John 1, verse 7, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And, and not only sin, but also the effects of sin upon us. Because sometimes we are victims of someone else's sin. So many have been wounded by words and deeds. Many have been broken by adversity, afflicted by selfish actions. Many carry great burdens, born because of past bad decisions. For all these things and more, the light of Jesus shines brightly. And that's why within the Christian faith, faith there is such grace and such hope for every one of us. This is indeed the good news. And finally, light gives security. We seek safety and security. It is one of the basic needs within our world and within our life. 
safety, security. And I believe we enter into another period of time in world history, another moment marked by insecurity. I need not repeat all the stories in the news based on fear or perhaps even greed. I'm sure that there are going to be, we are going to be hearing stories of people who will seize all sorts of opportunities to do something unscrupulous in the face of international medical needs. People slip into desperate and frantic responses when the world seems out of control. How can we counter those imposing forces? Sometimes perhaps we need to just laugh a little bit. There was a statement I heard one of our members pulled me aside before the service today and said there is a story evidently that David Jeremiah just shared about rash decisions. Because sometimes when we're out of control and when things we don't know what to do, we, we just make decisions. They're, they're rash decisions. There's no sense to it. So evidently one day the boss of one company saw a man standing by the water cooler and he pointed to the guy and he said, you, what do you make in a week? He said, $400. And he said, I'll pay you $1,600, a whole month's wages if you leave and never come back. And the man said, sure. He took the $1,600 with him out the door. The boss turned to another fellow in the office and he said, what did that guy do? He's the pizza delivery man. <laughs> What a tip. <laughs> Rash decisions. It's important to plan and remain poised and not panic. But the worst choices are made either in panic or rashly. So there's only one force that is great enough, I believe, the light of Christ. And for us to live in the light of Christ's love and grace and eternal hope instead of contributing to fear or greed. Years ago, I participated in an unexpected Buddhist meditation experience. It was an intense form of meditation. The leader asked all of the participants to place in our minds our own conflicts or the struggles of someone we know or the struggles of the world. And after several weighty moments of this, the leader asked us to imagine a light from within ourselves to overcome that darkness. And, and there was a little bit of a hiccup just for a moment in my mind and I scratched my head for a moment and said, a light from within myself? And so I immediately translated, not my light, but the light of Christ. Overcoming the darkness. And I imagined Christ embracing me, and Christ embracing others, and Christ embracing the world. 
For many in that room, after the experience, however, who had no Christian experience, and most in that room had never had any Christian experiences, most of them felt exhausted. Producing one's own light to overcome one's own darkness is an exhausting thing to do. Many people spoke of being frightened by the darkness. Others felt entirely overcome. They knew no place to turn for light, least of all themselves. But I know one who is light, in whom there is no darkness, and for whom even darkness is light. Do you know the same one I know? Jesus. And what's fascinating is that Jesus asks us to participate in this light through him. As his light fills us. Do you remember how Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world now. Ah, we don't produce the light. We cannot generate this life by ourselves. But sourced in the power of God through his son Jesus Christ dwelling in us. Ah, now that's another story. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds and, and it's a very important and, lest we think this light is in ourselves, and praise your Father in heaven. 